The uh, text this morning is from 1 John uh, chapter 4, uh, verses 7 through 21. And the title of the sermon today is, I want to know what love is. I want to know what love is. Um, you know, I was thinking about growing up, I've been with my mom the last several weeks, and just all sorts of memories keep coming back. And so I was thinking about just growing up as a child in the 80s, and that tells you how old I am, but that's the formative years of my life. We're in the 1980s, and I was thinking about all of the love songs that were prevalent and popular during the 80s. And so I got to looking those up this week in 1980. Crazy Little Thing Called Love by Queen was one of the most popular songs. Then in 1981, little Lionel Richie and Diana Ross, Endless Love was a popular song. And then uh, Jeffrey Osborne in 1982, On the Wings of Love, Only the Two of Us Together Flying High. See, that fit with your little birds there, Miss Nancy. Um... 1983, Making Love Out of Nothing at All by Air Supply. Let me just tell you, if you have never couple skated to Air Supply, you have missed out on one of life's greatest joys. Couples only, Making Love Out of Nothing at All. I highly recommend it. Number 1984, What's Love Got to Do With It by Tina Turner. Uh, number 1985, Saving All My Love For You, Whitney Houston. Man, Whitney Houston had so many love songs during the 80s. I probably could have populated every one of these years with a Whitney Houston song. 1986, Why Can't This Be Love, Van Halen. It's when the rock ballad really began to come into to play. Uh, 1987, Is This Love by Whitesnake, one of my favorites. Uh, yeah, your pastor listens to Whitesnake. 1988, Groovy Kind of Love, Phil Collins, still one of my all-time favorite love songs from there. And 1989, A Little New Kids on the Block, I'll Be Loving You For Always. You remember that song? Uh, and, and then there's the song that won Hillary's heart. She's here this morning, and it's when I... When I met her, you know, and I said, when I'm alone in my room, sometimes I stare at the wall and in the back of my mind, I hear my conscience call telling me I need a girl who's as sweet as a dove for the first time in my life. I see I need love that I was giggling about the games and I ain't played with many hearts, but I ain't saying no names. Then, well, you know, so. They dared me last year. They said, you'll never rap during the worship service on Sunday morning. And since I just got reappointed here, I'm figuring by next year you will have forgotten this. And so maybe you'll ask me back. I wanted to wait until I got the news that I was coming back before I attempted to do that. But one of the songs that uh, really seemed to sum up today's scripture lesson is, I want to know what love is. It was by Foreigner, it was in 1984. Some people say that it is the most popular and most often played love song from the 80s on the airwaves today. I want to know what love is, I want you to show me. I want to know what love is, I want uh, to see it, I want to feel it, I want to experience it. That is basically the theme of that love song from the 80s. And I think that's what John is trying to get at here in our scripture lesson. Is that he wants us to know what love is. 
John wants us to see love. God wants us, uh, John wants us to experience love. And, and that's why he writes this letter to us and to the Christian community in Ephesus that he was writing to uh, thousands of years ago. He wants us to know what real love is. He wants us to see it. He wants us to experience it. And I think what John is trying to say here is that first of all, love is giving of oneself. It's being willing to give of oneself something precious, something personal. And John wants us to know that God expressed this love by giving of God's self when God sent God's Son to earth. God sent Jesus to earth not only to show us in, with our own eyes and to allow us to see and to hear and experience what God looked like uh, in the person of Jesus, but John says that, that God sent Jesus so that you and I might actually have life, so that we might actually enjoy life. And God is love, John says. And so when Jesus comes, Jesus is the embodiment of that love. It is something precious. It is something personal that God was willing to give of God's self to us. And I think that's the first thing that John is trying to say here. The second thing that I think John is trying to say here is that love gives of oneself, but it also gives for the good of someone else. And so when John says here that love is giving for the good of others, God gave Jesus so that we might uh, have life, so that we might know life, and so that we might know love. And God uh, also said that Jesus came so that we might know forgiveness of our sin. So that Jesus would become an atoning sacrifice, making right with God the sin that you and I have. And so what's implied here is that not only is love giving of oneself, not only is love giving of oneself for the good of someone else, but, but love is also um, given of oneself, given on, for the good of someone else, even if they don't love you back. Because all of us have turned our backs on God from time to time. All of us have been rather unlovable when in the sight and in the presence of a holy and loving God, and yet God still loved us enough. I think it's important to note that one of the phrases that John uses all the time in his letter is, you are the beloved. God already loves you. And it's not because of who you are or what you've done, it's because of whose you are. You are God's beloved. And so this love that has been offered to us by God in the person of Jesus is not something that we've earned. It's not something that we deserved. It's not something that's lost whenever we turn our backs on God. God still loves us. 
God still seeks to come to us. And God desires for us to respond to that love. If you want to know what love is, love is unconditional. It's from God. It's for us. And it's meant to so transform us, according to John, that we will then seek to love others with that same kind of love. Even those that are difficult to love. We all talk about how much we love those that are closest to us. And and that's a wonderful love to feel and to receive. But John calls us beyond that kind of love to loving those that aren't as easily loved, aren't as lovable. This meal that we're preparing to receive today is evidence of that. You remember that that Last Supper when Jesus gathered His disciples in that upper room, He didn't stop Peter uh, at the door and say, you know what, Uh, you're going to deny me three times and so find somewhere else to eat tonight. He didn't stop Judas at the door and say, you know what? I already know what you're going to do. You're going to betray me for 30 pieces of silver. Why don't you just go ahead and eat somewhere else this evening? He didn't stop all of the other disciples that were at the upper room that night and said, you know what? You may not deny me the way that Peter denies me. You may not betray me the way that Judas betrays me, but every single one of you are going to run screaming for the hills as soon as I get arrested. So why don't you find somewhere else to eat tonight? No, instead Jesus invited all of them into that room. And Jesus talked about the love that he had for them. And Jesus even went so far as to put that love into action, which is a key component of Luke of John's letter. And, and he took the towel and he washed all of the disciples' feet. If you want to know what love is, that's what it looks like, according to John, according to Jesus, and according to God. May we uh, love like that.